0: vampires twilight vampires vampires on your cereal box we all love them sometimes we hate them but whenever we see them we certainly get a little bit excited at least at least i do that's why i went ahead and picked today's issue coming to you around the time of yet another delay that's right we're covering morbius today Welcome to the Second Print Comics podcast. Mo, 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 Morbius. I am Remzo mo, Martinez mo, mo, with ma, ma Mark Claire, the one, the only. How's it going, Mark?
1: Remzo, things are really wonderful. Um, we actually planned, as you mentioned, uh, we we planned this episode a while ago to try to time it somewhat a little bit early to the release of Morbius, which was in fact in fact pushed back. Uh, but we're not going to push this back. Because we think our fans are smart enough to remember the things they learned today about Morbius until the movie comes out. When is it, when is it supposed to come out now?
0: Now they're saying it's April, which, April? Officially, wow. which officially means that Morbius has been delayed more times than Fox's New Mutants movie.
1: Wow, that's very impressive. That's not a title you want. Do you think the delays have anything to do with like... However, they might have changed the story regarding No Way Home and the multiverse, because there is that whole weird thing that everyone's trying to figure out with, you know, they reference Venom in this movie, but also Michael Keaton's Vulture is in this movie. I'm wondering how much of this could be tied into them trying to make this multiverse make sense in some way, shape, or form, or if it's just, you know, normal production nonsense, or Jared Leto being a drama queen. Who
0: knows? I, I mean, the last three years worth of movies have been pushed so many times. And when you look at everything coming out of, Uh, marvel disney they've been really like shooting at the hip hoping they can get things you know uh, filmed and edited and you know post productions and all that stuff in time uh i i think with no way home i mean they were adding things to that film like up until about three months before they went ahead and did the uh the second delay which pushed it into 2021 and then i mean they were doing the same thing for venom I mean, those two after credits for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, and then for No Way Home, uh, which, by the way, on the feed, you can listen to one of our Patreon episodes we made public, where Mark Caleb and I... Yeah, we we went ahead and spoiled all the spoilery awesomeness in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home.
1: We briefly opened the forbidden door between the real regular, the normie world and the uh, wonderful world of the second print Patreon. Yeah,
0: so basically, if if you don't know it by now, I mean, God have mercy on your soul, but those were filmed like extremely last minute. Like, they, they had to bring in Tom Hardy, like, you know, years after uh, both of these had really been filmed and, and put together to to go and do those end credits. Like, wait, you're bringing me back to,
1: to your. So, so I'm just drunk in a bar in Mexico and that's it. And then I. All right, whatever. Do
0: I get to be in the movie Are at you all? Me
1: like five hundred thousand dollars for this. OK, fine. Whatever.
0: I'll do it. Yeah, I'll be there. So, I mean, he, um, you know, he he did that last minute, and you know, for for all the Marvel Disney shows, I mean, those had rewrites and stuff due to COVID. So, it wouldn't surprise me if if uh, Morbius did this intentionally. They have not stated why, and they can't say, "Oh, well, we don't know whether or not it'll succeed in theaters." Listen, James Bond did extremely well in theaters. No Time to Die. This movie is one of the top films of like the past 10 years in terms of box office numbers so this paranoia that the movie theaters are dead and that no one's going to go to the theaters and that people aren't seeing this film multiple times because mark i don't know about you but people i know who never go see movies more than once in theaters are seeing it two three four times
1: i'm one of those people i rarely ever go to a movie a second time in theaters and i haven't gone back but we are we are planning
0: to yeah, I've I've seen it twice now in theaters, and uh, I mean they 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 can't they can't delay this anymore. Sony can only can only deal with so much uh, you know backlash from everything. So let's see whether or not they keep their promise. I I swear to God, Mark, if you go back on the Patreon feed and folks, come on, second uh, pa- Patreon dot com slash second I've been doing rants and updates and shit about this movie since late like you know twenty twenty. Like I've been prepared for this forever and they keep pushing it away and it's like you know what fuckers i remember what you did with that shitty new mutants film don't <laughs> screw me of this one
1: remzo is prepared for morbius more than he's prepared for his wedding so far i think <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> which leads that's a pretty, us pretty accurate right statement
1: to the, what should really be the lead story here remzo you got a big weekend coming up don't you
0: i'm going to vegas bitches oh, yeah first time right uh, second time, the, the first oh, time I was there, I was, well, I, I don't really treat it as like my first time because I went there for, for work and I was only there for like two nights and I only went on the strip for like a few hours and oh, I, I didn't really yeah. get to do, I didn't get to do anything fun, but you know, I, I, uh, I'm getting married in May and With all my groomsmen and everything, you know, I I couldn't get anybody together even to show up at at the same time the night before to do like a traditional night before bachelor party. So one of my friends is getting married in March, and another one is proposing to his girlfriend in February. So we were like, you know what, guys? Like, fuck it, let's just go book some awesome tickets at the off season in in Vegas. So that's why we're doing it in January, and let's just you know just uh, the, the the wolf pack. You know, just the the valiant, you know, vanguard that we are. Just a couple of us guys who all are going to be doing stuff and, you know, life gets in the way. And I I feel like this is how, you know, people are getting old because they don't even prioritize their own bachelor parties. It's like, yeah, but I have work and a dentist appointment. It's like, screw it. We're going to go have fun. We're staying at an awesome hotel. We're going to go to Battlefield Vegas and shoot a bunch of guns. We're going to. We're staying at the Trump International. Oh, crap. <laughs> I'll edit that out if you want me to <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get that one guy on 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 uh, on Apple Podcast, the so political. Fuck you. It's a hotel with great rates. And I'm even getting I'm getting a I'm getting a Thai massage because you recommended I'm sure
1: it does have great rates. It probably has it, the
0: it best has, rates. <laughs> it has the best rates. I'm getting a Thai massage at the spa because you were like Remzo, did you get a Thai massage? And I'm like, no, and now I've been thinking about it. So I have a I have a sp- spa day reserved. I'm going to uh exotic racing Vegas. I'm going to drive a McLaren. I'm going to freaking Excalibur to see the freaking jousting show. I mean, Mark, that's just the first like 24 hours. Nice. Nice. Like it's like, it's some stuff I will talk about maybe later. I'll, I'll be throwing over on my Instagram that it's uh Hey Remzo, H E Y R E M S O. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram there. I'll show you some stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's going to be a uh, 72 hours of fun, and debauchery and just everything
1: well if you if you do vegas right the first 24 hours will be insane and then after that you'll be struggling through the rest of the time as your body tries to catch up with what just happened in the first 24 hours that's how it's happened every time for me but you know we shall see but i wish you the best <laughs> if you do it right it will save at least five years off your life so
0: i don't need to live forever mark no no
1: yeah who wants to i get? i
0: I I, want to live. I don't just want to exist. All right. And this is why you should
1: all contribute to the Second Print Patreon at patreon.com slash secondprintpod so Remzo can uh, live fast and die young, maybe? I like (laughs) that. that. We'll roll with it. We'll roll with
0: it. Not like Bob Saget. Yeah. We don't just beg for Oh, no. Oh, no. I am very sad about Bob Saget. I am. I saw Bob Saget in October.
1: I never met Bob Saget uh, living in LA all those years, but I did stalk him at an art gallery once.
0: <laughs> was this Good. during? Was this before or after America's Funny Some videos? Oh,
1: way after, way after. Probably like I don't know, four or five years ago. So I'm at this like art thing I was at, and I was like, "That's Bob Saget." I'm like, "I don't want to say hi to him because that's weird." I'll just follow him around a little bit. <laughs> Danny Tanner,
0: can we get a photo? <laughs> uh, but but like for real, it feels so weird because I I feel like that was one of the. Well, one, that was the first like live standup show I had seen in like three, four years because all the all the clubs in D.C. got shut down uh, during the and stuff. So when I came to Milwaukee, I was like, you know, we've got a brand new improv place, which is bringing in like, you know, Nikki Glaser. Um, yeah, you know, I think Aziz Ansari came at one point. Miss Pat. I mean, lots of great comedic talent. And when I saw on Instagram he was promoting that he was coming to town, I was like, of course, I'm going to go see Bob Saget here. And, uh, I mean, I remember it like it was, it was recent. So to see that, uh, um, you know, he, he passed away at 65, 65 is not old,
1: especially not in 19, 19, in 2021, man, man, that's how old I am. I'm still thinking it's the 1900s. Yeah.
0: Like it, like that, that is, that is what, uh, what shocked me. So this weekend we are, we're going to dedicate our not bachelor bachelor party, technically my bachelor party, but everyone's just, you know, Vegas fun time to uh to bob saget excellent So excellent yeah now now we're not just doing this for ourselves we're we're doing this in memory of a man whose life was the party now you have purpose now we have purpose
1: indeed all right well speaking of purpose let's get on to our purpose here today is to dive in to the origin story probably one of many retellings of the origin story but a retelling of the origin story of morbius
0: mark how familiar are you with the immortal vampire known as morbius
1: Morbius kind of falls into this category of characters that as long as I was a fan, I was always vaguely aware that they existed and that they popped into a lot of books I read, uh, particularly, you know, Morbius t- popped into uh, one of a zillion different cameos during the Maximum Carnage uh, episode that I still can't believe. I guess it's it's more believable than the fact that I recapped 24 issues of Savage Dragon way back in episode three. Uh, but even that Maximum Carnage episode was quite the feat. We did all 14 uh, issues of on that episode. See, I got this. That shit was some pain. Turn over a new leaf. That was that was quite painful, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's one of these characters that just, I know they exist. They pop into books, but I've never really read Morbius' books. I would I would put, I, it's a lot of these ghoulish characters, which is weird because I am a fan of like horror and the macabre and all that stuff, but uh, those were just never the books I read regularly. So, I mean, I would put like Blade into that category, Morbius, uh, Doctor Strange, Ghostwriter. These were al- always characters that Interacted with all the characters that I followed, but I never really followed them individually.
0: Yeah, my first uh, my first encounter with Morbius came in the 1990s uh, Spider-Man cartoon, which was really my introduction to everything Marvel. It came through that cartoon. And Morbius was a scary mofo because he didn't look like he does in the comics. This one wore a trench coat. He was very nineties. Let's put it that way. And he was one of the few characters in the animated Spider-Man series that was actually allowed to hit people because, uh, Fox, uh, Fox kids or whatever, they had a rule where they were never allowed to punch each other. So if you go back and look at those old cartoons, they're never hitting each other. They're always bumping each other into like buildings and stuff like that. Or, like shooting lasers around each other. So you could never show explicit violence. But with Morbius, they kind of skirted around that. So that got into like my five, six-year-old brain. And then I remember in 1999, this is when I was really starting to be like, you know, I love comic books. Morbius issue one was the first comic book my parents told me I could not buy. Because on the cover, it showed just his face up so he doesn't look like a good guy he doesn't look like a superhero and in the in the cover it was a silver edition cover but the blood running down his mouth was bright red so my parents saw that and they're like we're not letting our you know <laughs> uh, first, first grade though. yeah he cannot read this shit so here's Suicide Squad instead.
1: <laughs>
0: here's, uh, here's, here's, here's a here's here's some... a
1: blow up people's brains if they don't follow orders.
0: That's yeah. Here, here's some uh, here, here's some Frank Miller Daredevil issues <laughs> you can read instead.
1: Uh, have you ever seen a Nugget person, Young Remzo? Check out Ronin.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh I I forgot what nugget people were until now. Thanks for the reminder. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so, I mean, Morbius has always had kind of a, uh, you know, I've always had kind of a soft spot for him. I always have a soft spot for the horror genre. I'm I'm a, I'm a big horror guy. So like everyone you mentioned earlier, Blade, Ghost Rider, Dr. Strange. I mean, what you just mentioned were the original uh, Midnight Suns who were really popular in, um, in the nineties. And we're going to potentially be seeing the Midnight Suns return uh, with Morbius coming out, we've got a Blade movie. We've got um, you know rumblings of a new Ghost Rider, right there. You've got you know a few of them. Plus Doctor Strange. I mean, he's going to basically be the new four, le- you know, the the front the front runner, the leader of the uh, upcoming Avengers team that will be coming out for a few years. So right now, it's just right for the age of Marvel horror, the Midnight Suns, all that jazz. If only this freaking movie could ever come out. Well i'll be waiting i'm
1: waiting for the next announcement that they push it back again uh but it'll just give us a chance to share this show again we'll say hey remember back in january where we did morbius because it was supposed to come out but
0: then it didn't we didn't let you down when sony did exactly which which brings us yeah which 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 brings us to this issue because this was actually supposed to be a tie-in issue two years ago morbius bond of blood written by Ralph Macchio, not the Karate Kid Ralph Macchio. (laughs) It was a one shot they did because at the time, uh, right before the pandemic started, they had a brand new Midnight Sun series that was coming out. It died after three issues because it was actually genuinely bad. And there were rumblings of them bringing back Ghost Rider, which was actually probably uh, Marvel's best ongoing title at the time. I don't know why they canceled that after like 9 issues. I will I will always be upset about that. That was the last uh, ongoing title from Marvel I actually actively collected um 2 years ago. But yeah, they they wanted to really, you know, pump up Morbius and apparently this was one of the least selling comics of the year 2020.
1: <laughs> so um. Yeah. Well, let's hope this is not one of the least listened to episodes of the year 2022. I think we can do better than Marvel.
0: I I think that's a very low bar that we can exceed. (laughs) But anyway, Morbius, Bond of Blood, Uh, we open up the issue and we see Morbius um laying down with his arms crossed, almost like he's in a coffin like state. He's in some abandoned building. And what I always like about um the Marvel horror genre, and this goes back to like Marvel Monsters of like Man Thing and Ghost Rider and stuff like that, is that they had they they always kept like their nineteen sixties style, I call it like the Stan Lee narrative, kind of like a horror book or something because you don't often see the characters in their own minds you don't usually see those thought balloons and stuff like that or that self narration they always kind of have like this omnipotent narrator who is reading it kind of like they're reading a horror story like Bram Stoker's Dracula or Mary Shelley's uh, Frankenstein So I always dig that, it starts with, he sleeps, the sleep of the dead, but he is alive, it is night, and the hunger is upon him, and the city of New York will provide him the substance his unique physiology demands, his bones are hollow, and a strong breeze is enough to carry him aloft into the night sky aided by his underarm glider. He is Morbius, the living vampire, and, and I love the art by uh, Tom Riley. Tom Riley did um, did Spider Woman for a bit. Uh, I, I liked his artwork over there. Um, he really kind of narrows down that like seventies era of uh, Marvel that you see with like the original Ghost Rider and stuff like that. So I, I love how they just really kind of run into that nostalgia.
1: Yeah, I'll say I didn't. I didn't love the art at first until I mean we'll talk about this more when we give our scores at the end of course but uh, but I got I, I it, once I got the vibe of the issue and uh, I, I I realized that it was kind of going for that retro we feel it then it, then the art actually made more sense to me so I, I did I did kind of it, even, even though it's only one issue we're talking about I did kind of grow into it over the course of the issue.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a nostalgia style. I don't think it works great for everything. Tom Riley was uh, for for a few of the other series like he, he didn't match. And that's the thing like some some writers are better. I'm sorry, some artists are better in certain genre types. And I feel like with John Riley, he hasn't always fit into some of the other Marvel books that he did. But for Morbius for this one, like this is some of his best work. Um but then you, you go ahead and you see morbius he he lunges out this building he's going out and he's hunting morbius is a is an anti hero he's not a villain he's not full on superhero, so some people get confused with it but i want to establish that he's a he's an anti hero and uh, immediately as he's like gliding down the city streets of New York looking for some prey you finally get his inner monologue the craving gnaws at me a hunger that can be only be satisfied by consuming the blood of another i once swore that i would only feast on the guilty but those deserving uh, uh, on the guilty those deser- already deserving of a dire fate though there are occasions I have slipped. So right now you're kind of, you know, understanding, wait, like, what what occasions is Morbius talking about? And we see that um this woman in this alleyway is being attacked by this mugger and he's about to like finish her off because that's what muggers do. So next you know, Morbius I, I think these
1: here I go. First I defend drug dealers, then I defend muggers. Um I'm not gonna defend the mugger,
0: but I do think that portrayal Are you of, a victim shamer? Are you about do, to be like, what did she deserve? Maybe he's not a mugger.
1: I'm just saying all the muggers I've encountered, uh, they usually just want money. I don't really encounter muggers that often. But I look, I, I, I'm i living here in Mexico City. I know a lot of people that have been mugged. They usually just want the money. Once they get that, they don't usually stick around to finish anyone off. They got better things to do, like go spend this money. But you know, hey, whatever. I get it. We need a villain. Morbius needs to kill someone. I get it. He doesn't even kill him. He's actually, you know, for vampires, he's not too bad. He just takes a bite <laughs> and and moves along.
0: Yeah, he, he basically, you know, makes them catatonic. Uh, But anyway, he he swings down and he goes ahead and does his classic, you know, I call it like the Batman speech. It's like when Batman's about to take someone down. Every hero kind of adopts at some point. You will suffer no more injury this evening, madam. And the mugger turns around and you just see like Morbius's shadow of his claws like about to grab him. And next, you know, as he grabs his neck, he's like, the same cannot be said for you. And he starts to, you know, drink his blood. Morbius is like, now I shall quench the bloodlust for time, a bloodlust that has held me in sway for years. And basically the the woman runs off because she's freaking out. She just got mugs. Next thing you you got this vampire who's like drinking her mother her muggers blood. It's it's a rough night for this lady. So now we go back, and um, we're seeing basically a retelling of the Michael Morbius story. To kind of just save time on this, he was working uh, on this uh, rare blood disease that was crippling him, and he had these uh, two lab apart uh, two lab partners. One of them was his girlfriend at the time, and the other one was his friend named Nikos. And what they were basically trying to do is they were trying to do all these experiments of radioactivity and stuff like that to try and, you know, cure Morbius of his blood disease. So that way they could go ahead and cure other people. So they go ahead and strap him down in this chair, which is going to go ahead and basically like in in all like, you know, 1950s, 60s monster fashion, they're going to go ahead and try and cure him with this crazy type of electricity i say that like you know it doesn't sound as dumb but like you know just 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 suspend some belief on it because comics so basically they're gonna do this experiment and uh, they, they go ahead and electrify his blood cells. And what ends up happening is they straight up, like, turn him into a vampire. So he looks fucked up right now. They're just like, oh, my gosh, did we, like, fry this guy or something? But, uh, you know, Nikos runs over and he's like, Michael, are you all right? You screamed. And next, you know, Michael's like, I'm the special suit I'm wearing provided me of much needed insulation against the shock. Take me to the cabin where I may rest for a few moments. And um, basically what's going to happen is he's just being held captive in this observation room. But next thing you know, after a few moments of screaming, throwing shit around, kind of losing his shit, Nikos comes over and he's like, Michael, you're white as a sheet. And what happens? Michael goes freaking crazy and he attacks his friend, like choking him to death. That's not a good reaction. So Nikos is dead. And next thing you know, um, Morbius and his eyes in this in this one panel where he, he looks killed crazy. him. Yeah, it's like straight up horror villain. It's right a pretty there.
1: interesting origin for a vampire to have nothing to do with actual
0: vampires. vampires. <laughs> yeah,
1: but he acts. It's weird because it's like it wasn't caused by vampiric activities, which we do know exists in the Marvel universe via Blade or what have you. Dracula's
0: uh, even in the Marvel Dracula's universe, there
1: right? Yet he exhibits all the characteristics of a regular vampire. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what I think about his origin.
0: They're trying hard and they shouldn't <laughs> have tried hard to be so original, hard. but, but, but while well, but defaulting
1: to just a complete trope. But as far as vampires go, I, I would say Morbius is a, a fairly interesting one.
0: Yeah. And uh, Mor- Morbius has figured out that, oh shit, I killed my friend. So he starts crying and he's holding his body. He's like dead because he's like dead because you cared. And what of me? What is this thing I've become? The bat extract. The electrical shock acting together. Oh right. That's how extract. that's how they tie it into like a real vampire. Yeah, because they, they they put it into him first and then they were electrifying it because comics. Because comics. And Morbius, you know, is literally like, It's turned me into a living vampire, one who hungers for blood. Perhaps Martine, with her warm, rich blo- blood, could and he, you know, Martine is his uh, is his fiance. So immediately he starts thinking like, like shit. No,
1: no, don't don't eat fiance's blood. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. So at this point he's just like you know going crazy, crazy so much that he's like you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna kill myself. So I don't know where this lab is, but must be in some type of like creepy Transylvanian, you know, castle, because he jumps off this balcony into the water hoping to kill himself. But he, you know, doesn't die. Uh, And that just kind of shows him wandering for years. And, uh, you know, he got on some ship, ate a couple of the, um, you know. The. I was about to call them ship people, people that work on the ship, the sailors. He he, he killed a he people. killed a couple of the sailors and he stole their clothes. And at this point, he's like, you know, what? I've I've got to go ahead and make amends for this somehow. So we see him traveling to the Cornell Medical Center, um, where Morbius says, "There's a young man there dying of a rare blood disease." I think how he's just dressed up in this hoodie, like. Like, like that's going to hide
1: his absolutely disgusting. White well, well, pale it's a sense.
0: hoodie. It's a hoodie, a leather jacket, and a baseball cap. So basically, the perfect disguise within the Marvel universe. Yeah, it's it's the
1: Marvel universe disguise. I think it's the comics disguise. Let's
0: yeah. So he's like, uh, there is a young man there, dying of a rare blood disease. Irony of ironies. He is the son of my late friend and assistant, Emil Nikos. So now we know why Nikos was involved in this prog- in this project to begin with. In Emil's absence, I have kept tabs on his son. Wherever the guilt of killing Emil rises, I try to quell the demons with the knowledge I can keep Christos alive. There was a time not so long ago where the presence of the renowned biochemist Dr. Michael Morbius would have elicited stares of awe and envy as he's walking through this hospital and everyone is like, is that dude a serial killer? Um, But now they gaze at this cloaked stranger with an uncertainty and fear. So then he goes into the kid's room and...
1: What kind of security does this hospital have that this fucking guy in the classic Marvel disguise outfit can just go into this room with a sick kid?
0: Um... Not the Shriners Hospital I mean, for I don't Children. I showed ID. Nah. Or whatever.
1: Because comics, that's why he- Because
0: comics. Already. So anyway, um, Michael walks into the kid's room, and he's like, Christos, it's me, Michael. I've come to see how you are faring. He talks- I just realized it. So, so he's supposed to be- He's not Transylvanian. He's like Romanian or something. So he's, he's very Eastern European. But I find that as years have gone by, sometimes, depending on who's writing him, Michael Morbius talks like, you know- like a regular person in our day and age and other times like in this situation they kind of go back for that like you know 20th century eastern european vibe so i kind of dig it but it's one thing i have noticed throughout um you know morbius's appearances and stuff in other books so anyway you know the kid is happy i like
1: how he also just wears like a vampire-esque
0: outfit because why not Yeah. So anyway, the the kid is like, oh, I'm so glad to see you, Uncle Michael. This sickness, it overwhelms me. I'm so afraid of dying. So, you know, Michael and this kid are having a moment. He's like, you know, genuinely hoping he can go ahead and uh, save him and fix him from this, you know, rare and debilitating blood disease. Meanwhile, he hears the doctor on the outside talking about, you know, um, a way that they could possibly find somebody make a cure. And that's when. Um, with a nurse looks at the one doctor and she's like that poor boy. He'll be lucky if he makes it to the weekend. I heard that Dr. Calvin Zabo was supposedly near bake, uh, breakthrough in this disease, viral, pa- uh, syndrome. I don't know if that's real or not. Uh, and then the doctor's like Zabo, you mean Mr. Hyde last I heard he had escaped from Ravencroft from the Ravencroft Institute. Um, Mark, before we what, go further, oh, what, what you did do me? you, I'm going to do it to you this time. Wow. What do you know about Calvin Zabo, the Mr. Hyde, of the Marvel universe?
1: Calvin Zabo, aka Mr. Hyde, was actually obsessed with the story of, um, of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde to the point that he actually created a serum. And I'm I'm doing this you know off the cuff. This is general origin, uh, but they're actually uh, pretty on point. Pretty on point, I think. And uh, yeah, we created a serum to bring out the inner Mr. Hyde in himself, uh, which not only makes him more evil, but also gives him some kind of super strength as well. And that's Mr. Hyde.
0: Yeah, and you know who his daughter is? I do not. Uh his daughter is Quake, who you all probably really? remember. Yep. His I daughter no is, his daughter is Daisy Johnson. You might know her from Agents of Shield on ABC. In very we were the first episode. No, second
1: episode. Second
0: first episode, episode second where episode. we did a Secret War way. The way first Remzo
1: produced episode.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That was um that that was uh that was a retcon they did because of Agents of Shield. Uh in Agents of Shield in twenty Fourteen, they changed it in the show to make Calvin Zabo Daisy Johnson's father, and then they went ahead and changed it to reflect that in the comics. So the Ravencraft Institute is basically Arkham, but in the Marvel universe. So um, at this point, um, Morbius is like, "Shit, if this guy knows something. I should go ahead and see if I can get him out and figure it out." So he goes to Ravencraft. No, so he he basically tracks him down, uh, you know, using vampire shit to find him. And eventually he finds him in this abandoned warehouse because obviously it's always some type of abandoned warehouse on the pier because why not? And he finds uh Dr. Calvin Zabo uh, doing some experiments. So he jumps down and he freaks him out and he's like, good evening, Dr. Zabo. And Zabo's like, huh? Oh, Michael Morbius. I suppose I should not be surprised. I did once bring you to this safe house of mine. When you visited New York, after your Nobel prize, that was before your vampiric affliction took possession of your life. Such a pity. I love like how they do a lot of this like, you know, um exposition with everybody. You don't have to guess much. But basically, um No, you know, they, they they one thing this is you can I think this is gonna score high
1: on your is this good for new readers? Because they tell yeah. you everything. They they don't leave anything to chance. Like they tell you every damn detail.
0: Yeah. But basically, uh, Morbius is like, listen, I need you to help me, not because I want you to cure me, but because there's this kid who has this condition, and you've been working on it, so come on, man, how about you help me out? So, Zabo, being an asshole, he's like, sure, I'll do as you wish under one condition— you will retrieve the notebooks that were confiscated from, from me when I entered Ravencroft. Are we reading The
1: Mandalorian? This is like every episode of The Mandalorian. He needs to do one thing, but then he finds his other guy to help him. But that guy won't help him unless he goes, goes and does this other thing. And that's what our episode's about. In this case, issue.
0: I, I, I've fallen back in love with Skyrim. So it's like, oh, shit, you're about to go on another quest where you have to retrieve something. I'm trying and to may- decide if I should
1: <laughs> act like I'm hip and cool and know what that is, or if I should just... You don't know what Skyrim out. is? No. Remzo, oh. I'm a forty-one-year-old man. I don't, I don't know what
0: you're talking about. This is like your prime it's demographic. It's based. Oh shit! I'm not gonna. Well, no, I can't. Is it a game? Can you give me? A it's a, it's no a idea. video game. It's, it's a, it's a role-playing open-world RPG. The last video game RPG I played was Dragon Warrior in 1985.
1: <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you breathe on that for a minute. I've been around the block, Ramzo. Just not this guy. Do you, do, right you now. Want,
0: do you want to get divorced? Because I have a way for you to just like you know get in the situation of your wife w- where she will live in the same house as you, but you two will never see each other because you'll be playing this game. This game, this game um, is like the best game ever made.
1: Maybe <laughs> I could use some distractions. I will. I will, I
0: will send you. <laughs> I will send you a trailer. And some okay. cutscenes. All right, See you um, in a couple of months. Th- this is this is why this is why I did not get laid in high school because I spent <laughs> entire summers playing Skyrim. <laughs>
1: Dude, I had already been an adult in the, in the world for like a decade when you were in high school. So uh,
0: that, that,
1: that's, that's probably why.
0: So you could have afforded to buy this and all the expansion packs.
1: Probably. probably could okay.
0: Anyway, Z- Zabo's an asshole and he wants these <laughs> notebooks. And he's like, those Run notebooks. buy Skyrim. <laughs> those notebooks. Bethesda should sponsor this show. Bethesda Software. Um, those notebooks contain the formula that allow my dark side to emerge. That transforms me into Mr. Hyde. Does he look like? Does he look like? Not. uh Who is the guy from Shawshank Redemption? Redemption? Not Robin Williams. Robin Williams is not in Shawshank. No, Redemption no, no, right no. His name. His name. Tim Robin, Robbins, Tim Robbins. He looks like Tim Robbins. Oh, a little bit.
1: Yeah, I could see that. But uh, here, what I don't get about Mr. Hyde is that. Okay, so like the whole thing about Doctor Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is that Doctor Jekyll is good. And Mr. Hyde is bad, but here it kind of seems like Zabo is bad, and then he's more bad <laughs> as Mr. Hyde. He's just yeah. bad either way, so he's not really a Jekyll Hyde. He's just a Hyde.
0: Z- Zabo is an asshole who becomes an even bigger asshole. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's like I was. I'm already an asshole, but I want to be a bigger, stronger asshole. So I'm going to drink this stuff.
0: Yeah. So basically, Morbius agrees, knowing that this means bringing the true form of Doctor Hyde back into the world. Mr. Hyde. So, That's Mr. So, yeah, Mr. Hyde. So Doctor Asshole. And, um, uh, Morbius goes ahead and goes to, to Ravencroft and he breaks in, you know, very easily by just beating up some guards. And, uh, immediately, uh, he goes in, steals the box. And at this point they're like, Hey, what, what's going on? So one guy turns on an alarm and immediately everyone busts out with guns and starts like shooting <laughs> up the place, but it's okay. Cause that only lasts for like two panels and, and Morbius is out. Uh, meanwhile, doesn't while he kill was, anybody, just yeah, doesn't it kill anybody, doesn't kill anybody, yeah. So meanwhile, um, Morbius gets back to Zabo's uh, hideout, and while he was collect- while he was you know stealing the notebooks back, um, Zabo was creating the serum that could go ahead and help this kid, you know, Kristoff, uh, uh, with his uh, blood condition. So what ends up happening is Morbius takes the serum and he rushes back to the hospital. At this point, the kid is just not doing well at all. He's like, Uncle Michael, is it you or am I in a dream? And Morbius is like, no, child, I am really here. I have come with the cure for your sickness. But first, I must tell you something. I cannot hide the truth from you anymore. Your father, my dearest friend, did not die a natural death as you believed. I don't know why he's bringing this up now. But um, he's like, "Um, I, I am responsible for it. And the kid, like, Wakes up a bit more. He's like, Why? what do you mean? You two were like brothers. And Morbius is like, indeed. But during an experiment to cure my own blood affliction, the electroshock. There's like a Days of Our Lives episode. I guess
1: we know. We saw this. You told us already.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the electroshock treatment put me in an un- uncontrollable state. A maddened state. Your father came to aid me, and I lashed out and killed him. I could never bring myself to tell you and have lived with an awful and have lived. I could never bring myself to tell you and have lived with a, that awful guilt since. Don't you think this
1: kid has enough to deal with? Like, yeah. Does really need to find out that his dad's best friend killed him and is a vampire?
0: So much trauma. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, the kid yeah. tries jumping in. He's like, Uncle Michael, it's an, you know, Morbius cuts him off. And he's because he's Eastern European. No manners. He's like, I would not blame you if you never wanted to see me again. And though I can never undo the horrific act of murder, (laughs) at least my conscience is clear now that you know the truth of it. Don't speak, child. Just let the vaccine do its work. And the kid is like, Uncle Michael, I forgive you. And he immediately dies. I shouldn't be laughing, but it's <laughs> it's it's one of those situations where it's like well, that just that just happened. It's not even like a big scene or you know like a an additional panel or so. It's just the next panel where the, after the Christ kids us. like I forgive you, he Christ dies. So, Wake up! You're supposed to be cured, Killed No pulse. He's gone, dead. So then you actually see some good art. He's probably or, so
1: fucking scared finding out that his like quote unquote uncle is actually a fucking vampire. <laughs> he probably was like, all right, uh, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, so, so shit gets
0: worse. You see a few panels of like Morbius just purely distraught.
1: I, I do like the one panel where there's like no, no words. You just see him like oh like just see him angry. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him like like it's like it reminds me of Darth Vader in uh you know what's that?
0: Where what's is Padme? Is she safe? No. In your rage, you killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. the, the nurse runs in and she's Luzos. like, what's all that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, poor Christos, A child has so died. <laughs> A child has died from the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I will say nothing else. Get his blood real quick. Let's see if we can save him. Um, it worked the, before. The the nurse runs in and she's like, what is all the noise? Wait, who are you? What are you doing in this boy's room? Don't worry. He's not the guy from Penn state. Um, (laughs) uh, um, don't maybe go down that hole. I got three hours on that. If you want, um, do not talk about Joe Paterno or Jerry Sandusky around Mark. Um, So anyway, Morbius jumps out the window and the nurse is like, no, this child is dead. That fiend must have murdered him. (laughs) So at this point, uh, Zabo has decided to get back in his Mr. Hyde costume, which consists of dressing like a Victorian age horse and buggy driver. And uh, at this point, he's like, "Ha! at last I have fully recreated the serum. That is life itself to me. Glug, glug, glug. And immediately he just turns into a giant Mr. Hyde who's never looked cool, but, you know, he's here. So he um, he uh, he's broken into the Empire State Bank in order to just go start like, you know, robbing the vaults like a (laughs) madman. And at this point, Morbius found him. He's like, I told you there would be consequences if you lied to me, Zabo. He doesn't even try to be sad. Su- he just goes and
1: rips the vault door off because because he's just a big asshole now. As opposed supposed to just an asshole.
0: The story has to progress. So why not rob a bank at night? So at this point, um, you know, Morbius is just yelling at him. He's like, Z- Zabo or Hyde or whatever Denison of the pits you are now, your cure was fake. The boy died. At this point, you know, Zabo Hyde, Mr. Hyde is like, I care little about some tiny human meat bag who perished because of my other half. And I doubt Zabo does either. So he lied to you to get the formula to bring me forth. All that matters is that Hyde is here. Now remove yourself from my path. Yeah.
1: Another question about Mr. Hyde. If Zabo, okay, so Zabo wants to be Hyde so bad because he gets to be bigger and stronger. But Zabo and Hyde don't actually like know each other. Like the one doesn't remember what happens when the one is the other. So why does Zabo want to be Mister Hyde so bad if he doesn't even know he doesn't have any memory of when he is Mister Hyde? He just knows he becomes Mister Hyde, becomes a giant asshole and rips vault vault doors off.
0: Zabo knows what Hyde does though.
1: Oh, he's like in there watching. I guess you could. yeah think. So Hyde does and not. Likes it.
0: Yeah, like they, he's a, he's legitly evil. It's two evil guys benefiting from each other.
1: Okay. And Hyde's just like, yeah, this asshole scientist created my personality and I'm just gonna be an asshole too, but fuck that guy.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's like George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. <laughs> in one guy. Yeah, in one guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We just went back everybody that left over the Trump Hotel, so that's
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So anyway, uh, he he rips off the vault door and he throws it at him, which is pretty cool. And they they just start fighting. And at this point, um, you know, uh, Hyde goes ahead and grabs Morbius. He's about to crush him. And he's like, when I'm finished with you, only those pearly white fangs will remain. At this point, Morbius actually like bites Hyde. And Hyde, you know, his skin is strong, but Morbius's bite fucking hurts. So Morbius throws him and he's like, that futile maneuver only brought only bought you a few more seconds. So basically what he starts doing is they, they all just start like fighting each other, like, you know, it's a regular fight. But what ended up happening was as um uh as as Morbius bit Hyde because He's not a regular vampire. <laughs> no, he's
1: not. He's a comic book vampire. Yeah,
0: because he's a comic book <laughs> vampire. He actually <laughs> infected Hyde. So,
1: or no, it's the other way around. It's that he he absorbed some of Hyde's power through the bite. So so that Morbius got stronger, which is an interesting aspect of the character that I was not aware of.
0: Yeah. So basically, he 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 bit him, taking his powers a bit. But what this did was this turned him back into Zabo, and now Zabo is going to have the hunger of a vampire, but with none of the vampire powers. And the only way that he can go ahead and fix this is to basically try and become hide again. Long story short, <laughs> Morby fucked up his powers.
1: <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Until the next time. That he's Until the next time.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they'll probably forget the soul issue happened. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, days later at, uh at, Long Island's Calvary Cemetery. Uh, you see um, Morbius standing in front of the fresh grave of, <laughs> of the Christos. The grave of the two people he killed. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I failed you, Christos. I did what I could. You had a momentary hope and then oblivion. I think I will think of you often as I do your beloved father, Emil. May you both rest in peace. I will never. The end.
1: As we see the the ghosty images of Morbius and Emil in the background,
0: <laughs> and uh yeah, that's that's this issue. That's Morbius. Yeah, we ha-
1: we we both uh, Remzo and I behind the scenes have both had quite quite a little week, and uh, and obviously with Remzo having the bachelor party and another behind the scenes. note we're going to record another episode this week, so we could use a little bit of a shorty one. So that's why uh, we just decided to do this this one issue. But I gotta say, it's kind of refreshing to just just do one issue.
0: I, I love hand I, hand I love hand. these one-shots and I mean we did a one-shot of uh Wolverine versus Blade a while back where you know it's it's another what what I love about one-shots and maybe we'll talk about this for a little bit before um before we get into the ratings and reviews. I I've been assessing the type of stuff I want to collect for the remainder of the year because some of my um subscriptions that I get mailed to me um because I don't, I want to be a lazy bum and not support my local comic shop sometimes. Um I'm not collecting any new ongoing series other than like Berserker at this point. I'm just, I'm just not. Uh, I'm still collecting Berserker.
1: It's for me, it's basically Berserker, Savage Dragon, and I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on you last Ronan. I'll be here. I'm waiting.
0: Whenever that freaking comes out. But yeah, I mean, it's that and Batman the Animated Series, but they started doing that in seasons. So it won't be... Monthly it'll take like a few months off and then come back as like another season. So that doesn't even really count anymore. But what I love about one shots, what I love about mini series and stuff like this, is that these are comics that you can pick up and because the writer knows they have a dedicated page count to this story, they really have to put in as much effort as possible to make this something worth buying because the price tag for this was a dollar more than most comics that have a few extra pages than most. And, um, you know, it, it, it was just, it was satisfying. It was quick. It was fun. It had a lot of things, whether you liked it or not, that just made it a good standalone story. And I feel that with, um, with, with limited series and with one shots and stuff like this, this is where you see a lot of the best stuff, out right now, like the last series I just uh wrapped up was Batman the imposter and it's an elseworld uh style black label book from d c comics and I have not read um as i as I finished the third issue, which was the final issue of that series, I realized that I had not read anything from an ongoing Batman title in probably ten years. The last Batman book I collected month after month was grant Morrison's Batman and Robin. Other wow. than that, like wow. everything, everything I've been reading Batman related has been through a limited series or something else. So I feel that where some people look at one shots and stuff want the like Tom this. King
1: Batman run for a while
0: for five, for for one for one arc. I read that I am Suicide arc, and after that, I was like, okay, I am not. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to like read ten more issues of basically filler stuff, waiting to see what happens. And yeah, then I read, and I read the the wedding of Batman and Catwoman, oh where God. where like spoiler alert, they don't get fucking married. And I was like, I'm done.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, I did about maybe I want to say like twenty three, twenty four of those issues on the. Well, I'd say week to week. It was you know, every other week, uh, and then I stopped. But as we discussed way back in our very first, uh, it was actually what was called at the time the pandemic pandemic reading list episode before that i went back and read the entire run all the way through like issue 85 i think it ended with and well you can hear my thoughts by going back to that one the the archive is plentiful friends check it out
0: yeah but like that that's probably that's probably been it and even if that counts as reading it monthly then even then that's like five six years um i mean I, i look at all my favorite books from last year the you know that that uh, that Chip Zdarsky Spider Man limited series that uh, I gave an award to a few weeks ago on that episode Last Ronin I mean everything that I've really been a fan of has either been a limited series or a one shot because I just feel that from all the major publishers. The, the stories and events have just not been up to par because a lot of them are going for like these new indie writers who all want to make giant changes to the characters that people will love that people will hate, not love that they will fucking hate. And then they bring in these artists that are more, more concerned with, uh you know, packing products for their own portfolios by doing these massive spreads and these giant, ways of revising character designs and stuff that they care very little for the actual quality of their art. Whereas if these limited series, you know, for both the writers and the artists, they, they have a lot more like on the line. Therefore, I feel like they really put their best foot forward. And, you know, whether you love this or not, folks, um, this is one of, this is probably like one of my favorite, like weekends reads of the last couple of years. And this came out. A weekend
1: read. Is that different from a Sunday
0: read? It's, it's basically the same <laughs> it's as a, a Sunday read. You could read this on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you could read this on a Friday evening if you're feeling frisky. But like, you know, I, 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 I've thought of this for a while. And when Mark and I started the show in 2020, this was actually one of the first ones on my list. It was going to be down the ways a bit, but like, it was just, it was just fun. And I think that's what I, 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 I get upset when people are like, oh, all modern comics fucking suck. Everyone fucking sucks. Everything is freaking terrible. It's like, no, sometimes you can find something that just reminds you how like fun and quirky and weird and just exciting some comics can be. Not everything even has to be it's a art. It's about
1: finding, um, to, uh, to somewhat paraphrase, one of my favorite movies, Disney's Aladdin. It's about finding the diamond in the rough. Exactly. And when I say favorite movies, I am talking about the Will Smith edition. Are you fucking serious? It's, it's absolutely... Have you seen it? No. Don't judge it until you've seen it, because my wife and I watched it, thinking just to watch, let's see how absurd this is, and it was fucking awesome.
0: Did, just did, did you watch it in an altered state like The Matrix Resurrections? Oh, I mean, of course, Raphs, so What are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I just had to make sure.
1: Not about to risk <laughs> risk not doing that. <laughs> But I have followed up. I, I've seen it a couple of times. I think it's legitimately very well done, I, and I will stand by this. Living, what's your, this is my hill. I'm going to die on this hill.
0: You can. You will Smith can have deserves that one. an Oscar for Aladdin. That's, I said it here, and I mean it. Uh, anyway,
1: we can move on to our scores.
0: What uh, <laughs> before before, before we do game, that, what's up. what's your opinion of one shots and limited series?
1: Uh, you know, I'm finding in general that that's more of what I'm drawn to now because. I, it's a, a low commitment level, which is kind of what I'm looking for in my reading right now. Um, and I, I've always been like a fresh start kind of guy. Like I mentioned, like one reason I've been such a fan of Savage Dragon this whole time is because I got on in the beginning. It sucked me in in the beginning and there's so many payoffs uh, over the long term. Uh, but, you know, to, to get into a book that's, it's really hard to find a book like that and to really need to stick with it long term especially in the big two where there's constantly new you know our you know writer and artist changes all the time editorial changes um, all this sort of stuff that you can never really count on any one book staying good over a long long term uh, period uh, whereas you can find a lot of gems in limited series form I think you know last year a couple of my favorite reads were, were limited series um, reading the infinite for tear which I gave actually gave my best mini series oh, so good award
0: show so good and
1: yeah and I'm also enjoying justice and incarnate right now another limited series also and these are all dc books for some reason but these these are the limited series i was reading last year and also um uh, what's called Superman superman the authority i enjoyed all three of those and what i liked was like I, I know this is only four or five issues. I know we're just, this is just a neat little story and that and that actually makes me read the book more, whereas if I didn't love it after the second or third issue, but this is a, an unlimited series, you know, just ongoing, I'd probably just drop the book after three issues. But if it's a if it's a four or five issue and I got to three and I like it enough, I'm probably going to get those two more issues just to wrap the whole thing up because um, I'm kind of just a completionist in that way. I like to have complete arcs, complete little sets. And and so that's why I am drawn, especially nowadays where there's not that many monthly books I can commit to over the long. Term. Uh i yeah, I'm I'm loving picking up just random miniseries and or random one-shots and just you know enjoying the weekend read, as you might say.
0: Absolutely. Well, Mark, let's go ahead and jump in the ratings. Go first.
1: righty Well, uh, as I said uh towards the top of the show, I did not really like the art at first, but really I think once they went into the flashback scene and I started to feel that like 70s vibe, then it just it felt natural the rest of the way. Uh so the art did grow on me, didn't love it, I I think it fit the story pretty well. So I'm gonna give the art a three point five. Um and as far as the story goes, you know, it was very straightforward. Um, but it is kind it is basically an origin story, so it should explain the origin, and it did that very well. Uh did that a number of times throughout the story as Morbius explained his you know condition to like three different people. So it's electrify
0: my blood. (laughs) Yes.
1: We get the you definitely know how Morbius exists by the end of this, no doubt about it, which is what it's intended to do. It's intended to introduce this just came out a couple years ago, right? 2020 Yeah, yeah yeah.
0: so this is is probably
1: when the the morbius movie
0: was supposed to freaking come out this was absolutely
1: supposed to come out when the when the movie came out which is just kind of hilarious and hilarious that we're now doing it in preparation (laughs) for the movie while the movie is still being delayed two years later two Um,
0: years later but
1: uh, yeah, I mean, if the attention is to introduce comic fans to Morbius, I did a great job with that. Now, you know, is the story just mind blowing? Am I going to tell anyone this was just an amazing read? You have to read this story. Nope. I would never say anything like that. But if you're looking for an introduction to this character, um, it, it definitely meets Remzo's standard of this is good for new readers. No doubt about it. Cause you can come in t- completely cold and not only understand Morbius, understand Mr. Hyde too, and understand little Christos and, and email and, and all these things. Christos won't
0: matter after
1: this. This is not a complicated story. It's very straightforward is the point. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give the writing as well. I'm going to get the writing a 3.5. I, I, w- I would say it's above average. It does its job. doesn't blow me away. That brings us to a total score of seven for myself, which as we've mentioned in the past falls firmly into that Remzo's vaunted Sunday read category.
0: I I'm giving it the exact same numbers for both art and story. I mean, for art, what I really love, what I really love about this one is it just reminds me of like that mid seventies era when Marvel was putting out, you know, the Johnny blaze Ghost Rider man thing. They even had, um, you know, werewolf, by night and the Frankenstein uh, show, uh, showcase at one point, And this is when we get to see the introduction of Blade fighting Dracula. I mean, I love horror. This was such a great time for, you know, underground writers to jump over to Marvel and write these characters in, you know, just bloody fun. I freaking loved it. And for them to go ahead and try and, you know, emulate that style in this one shot, um, you know, I, I was loving everything about it. It's not for everybody. And, you know, the artwork, as I mentioned, it This artist isn't meant for every title, but he was meant for horror, and it's probably one of my favorite interpretations of Morbius's you know rendering that I've seen. I mean, he's got the classic uh, vampire costume and everything, but you know, some guys make him like really buff and stuff. I want like you know the the dude that looks like he could just blend in anywhere and immediately pull out the fangs and look scary. And he, I mean, some people try and make him look more human. He really, you know jumped on the line between like man and monster. And uh, I, I even think it, it reminds me of a lot of what we've seen in the in the Jared Leto promos for Morbius, where it's like he he's not quite man, but he's not quite monster. I think they found the perfect middle ground with this um, you know style of the character. So I freaking loved it. And, and then for you know the story, uh, it's great for new readers, which is why they wanted this to come out at the time when uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be in theaters, supposed to help you know people jump into the books and stuff. And they were going to do a Morbius series, but like I said, it was one of the least sold comics of all of. 2020. Um, So, I mean, it it really did backfire. But uh, I mean, it's just a good direct read. It's not art. It's not trash. It's just fun. It's the perfect book to pick up on a Sunday at the store if you just wanted to peruse around and pick up something. If you saw this, I would say, you know what? Spend the four or five bucks and enjoy your afternoon. So this gives it a total score of a 14 out of 20.
1: Indeed. Yep. Firmly Sunday read category. You can also alternatively just subscribe to Marvel Unlimited and you don't even need to spend the four or five bucks. But, you know, I'll, I'll stop trying to take away. Do, from it, the, for <laughs> do it for Christos. Do it for Christos and Emi. <laughs> he for died Christos, in a
0: story man. you've never read. <laughs>
1: He gets to have, he gets to, uh, I presume, have he, he probably couldn't have done anything that bad in his, his short life. But plot he, twist
0: like, ends up with Mephisto. Man, what did you end?
1: Oh, this this blood disease, and also my dad's best friend told me he was a vampire, and that really pushed me over the <laughs> <laughs> But he forgave Morbius.
0: I oh, yeah, that's just... out he killed my dad. Also, yeah,
1: that was the end for me. That was the literally the moment I died. But anyway, nice to meet you all.
0: Yeah. So if you see it, whether you love Morbius or not, I think you'll have a good time.
1: I agree. Worth reading.
0: Are you going to go see it in
1: theaters? Uh, if it ever comes out, I will see it. <laughs> at this point. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, like I, especially, I mean, I was already mostly like this. Maybe I'd miss one or two once in a while, but now that we do this podcast, I, I do feel an obligation to see these films as soon as possible. So I, I do, I do it for you guys. So I, I plan to see it, of course.
0: Well, folks, I promise that when it comes out, whenever on God's green earth, it decides to come out, I will go ahead and do a review for the Remsen rants over on Patreon. Mark. Any uh, any final notes?
1: Just that um, you know, I wish you the best in your your bachelor affairs this weekend, and then yeah, that, yeah. Um, I hope you survive uh, survive Vegas and are able to continue to podcast after that.
0: <laughs> Life will be I different. Hope you still have a
1: voice after that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise that. No, you can't. You definitely you definitely can't. But I'm looking forward to stories, so you won't get any next episode because we are going to pre-record that one before Remzo takes off to give him plenty of recovery time. Uh, I'm also moving in a few days as well, so we both have a lot going on. Uh, but maybe after that, when we record a new one, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if there's any that are appropriate for the public. That, that's going to be the key.
0: I'll, I'll make I'll make you all a deal. If we can get two new annual subscribers over on Patreon, because we've got a deal, which Mark will talk about in a second, I will do a full rant discovering every CD detail of my Vegas bachelor party. I think that sounds more than freaking fair.
1: That is a good one. Um, Yeah, we actually have a really good deal going on right now. We did it for New Year's. We decided to uh, extend it through January to be very generous. Anybody that joins our Patreon, that includes current patrons or new patrons altogether, who joins with an annual membership, uh, you get two free months. Two free months that could be worth up to $150 in value if you did that at our highest level, uh, the uh, Infinity Gauntlet level. Uh, So, but on top of that, I almost forgot about this, but on top of that, for, I'm going to say this right now for our, our first one, the next one that, that, that signs up after I say these words right now, um, our friend, Eric, who is our very first Kirby club patron, a very early supporter the person who introduced me to comics. He is giving out a copy of the X-Men Inferno collection. He has an extra one. He ended up with two somehow, and he has decided to give it to a listener of this program. And so Remzo and I have decided the very next person who joins at that annual membership, which right right now again you can get two free months not only are you going to get those two free months you're also going to get uh this copy of the x-men inferno collection so Good can you really deal. can you
0: really beat this deal i don't think so i would sign up if i wasn't I, part I, of the I, show I, like, tempted to sign up so i can get this book too <laughs>
1: can i can i do that
0: that's like how the federal reserve works you print money much, to pay yeah. yourself down oh, remso getting political I <laughs> want to get those bad reviews anyway uh, we have
1: many stellar reviews. If you'd like to counter the only one slightly negative review, it actually did say that they like, they like the show to be fair. Um, but the only one review that was not five stars, if you would like to pull us all the way back to five stars, uh, you can leave us a review on Apple podcast. That's the best place to do that. That helps us with the algorithms and such and all of that great stuff. So if,
0: uh, you know, you know where I am on the political spectrum, people, I'm an equal opportunity hater. Go back and listen to any 10 episodes. And I've made fun of everyone. Exactly.
1: <laughs> we're we're on the same page there. So, Uh, that's all I got Remzo Uh, until either next week after your bachelor party or behind the scenes next time we record an episode right after this Um, (laughs) either way I hope you continue to help us in this journey and to of course read comics
0: and change the world change the world good night America adios